When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men TV. It's the instant match reaction tonight. I'm joined by Ben Kelly for this one. Ben, thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure to be able to talk about a Liverpool victory for a change. It is, it is. We've done a few of these now, and they're not often when it's when it's, when it's been wins. So it's been it's nice to um, it's nice to chat to you and have a positive conversation. And, and yet, for the first half, I did not think we'd be sat here talking about a Liverpool win. I thought we'd be talking about a nil-nil draw, to be honest with you, Ben, because Ramsdale was fucking excellent in the he, first he half, was, mate, wasn't he? he? Was. I think, yeah, other than that, um, you know, uh, yes, so it didn't, there were parts of it that didn't bode well because, like, it just felt as if... Nick Pope's done it for years, hasn't he? Yeah. Where he'll show up twice a season and it'll be home to Liverpool, away at Liverpool, and that's what that's all he does. Ben Foster used to be really good at it as well if a, when he used to play for West Brom. Um, there's been a few handful and of goalkeepers. Any second, yeah, any goalkeeper. second goalkeeper. But like Aaron Ramsdale, even though he's the first-choice goalkeeper, is a terrible goalkeeper. So there's just any terrible goalkeepers that, 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 that are, by trade, pretty terrible would show up against Liverpool. And it looked like Ramsdale was doing that. But I must admit, overall, I disagree. I think we, we were... Creating more than enough to win that game, and I had I gen, I really did have confidence. I didn't think getting the goal early in the second half helped, but I, I did I, and not letting it rumble on. But overall, I knew eventually we'd get the goal. I think I'm not going to go into mine because I went into it at half time, like and and Ross was ultimately right on it, and and you're right on it that Liverpool did create the opportunities. My thing was more around the fact that like I've seen this game so often over the last few weeks that I just didn't want to. I just I felt really bad at half time, like I was just going to see that game again, and I couldn't I couldn't deal with it to be honest with you. So I made up that Liverpool were obviously able to turn that around and stuff, and well, a big part of that. Um, Ben was was Kurt Jones tonight. I think you know once again he stepped up and he's really staking a claim for a first team place when everyone's fit and available right now. He is. He he's moving into quite an underrated category of you know youngsters in the Premier League. You know, everyone right. always talks about the Foden. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and and right now you know yeah. head, Phil Foden's head and shoulders above him. I'd say I think he's I think he's I think he's probably the best young England player you know, in the country at the moment and that's widely accepted, that's fine. Um but right now Curtis Jones, you know, we've gotten well past the point where we even bat an eye in, in being in the team. And I think that's the important thing. That's when you know and he'll know that as well. That's when you know that you know, obviously you know you've become an established player in a side and fans aren't really talking about you anymore. In fact we're having conversations more along these lines, you know, not necessarily about 
you know, a year ago, this would have been, oh, so we, we, a year ago, this would have been, oh, so we started Curtis Jones, that's an interesting talking point. Now it's just Curtis Jones' performance, and, you know, we've moved on from talking about his involvement in the team, which I think is key, you know, as a young player trying to break yourself into it, into the side. Very quickly, you want to break off the reputation of being the young player. And even though he is a young player and he's, you know, he's got, obviously, he's, he's got a lot of potential, that isn't necessarily what we're talking about anymore. We're seeing the potential in, in practice now. Yeah. We're, see, we're seeing him do those things on the pitch that you know like we know and we've seen him do at the under 18s and the under 23s level and now you know everybody else is starting to see that as well well you look at it and I had a quick look at the stats before I did the player ratings and I forgot to mention this stats actually he completed 26 of 27 passes you know I was sat here with Paul a week or so ago and you know Paul would made a very big point of every time Curtis had the ball going like oh Curtis has kept the ball and he keeps the ball in some very tough situations to keep the ball in as well doesn't he Ben and that's probably one of the things that he does so well um, is he just never gives up he never mm. gives the ball up either he never turns the ball over but crucially tonight Ben and, and this is what's going to make Kurt Jones in the eyes of Liverpool fans all over the world step up and be a first team player is you're going to get goals and he needs to and, and right now he needed to get goals the midfield needs to step up to help the forwards because they're not firing on all, all three of them aren't firing and yet Kurt Jones gets into the box and he gets that goal yeah, yeah, and it's a really good finish as well. It's a really instinctive finish. I like it, you know. Um, and I think, think I, you know, I think um, from what we've seen, I was growing more and more confident, to be honest, that the goals would come, mm. um, you know, because he's he's getting himself into those positions. And as he, you know, I, I would say he, he will feel now quite confident with the pace of the Premier League, you know, he'll feel quite comfortable in that. But, you know, there's a difference between being comfortable with the general pace and then, like being able, like what Mo Salah, it feels like we've talked before about how, like the way Mo Salah must receive the Premier League when, when you know, when he when he has those opportunities, that, you know, kind of everything else slows down around him and he's able to relax and, and take those chances. That, you know, that that comes with time and that comes with, you know, practicing and, and um, you know, developing your skill as, you know, in terms of being sharp and being instinctive in front of goal. Curtis Jones has a long way to go in terms of, you know, or rather a lot of time time to be able to develop that and even over the last 12 months you know you'd argue that you've seen a big improvement in that so and tonight was a really good example that comes to on the edge of the box bam and and that's you're right that is what we need from midfield we need that sort of ruthless you know really good goal scorer in midfield that's gonna that's gonna pick up you know not even five but maybe 10, 10 15 goals a season you know as time goes on um, because, or, or you know, at least at least ten and some assists. You know that that's what you want from your mm. top quality midfield players. That's what you. That's the kind of output that you're seeing right now from Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandez. Now I'm not saying that Bruno, you know, Curtis Jones will reach those levels anytime soon. But what I'm saying is that he's got a long gold career ahead of him, and he's you know he's got the years to be able to further himself. And right now he's got himself into a really good position. Maybe this is the one benefit from the amount of injuries that we've got. You know, those two lads, Henderson and Fabinho, if they'd been fit this whole time, or if the centre backs had been fit this whole time and they'd been in and allowing Henderson and Fabinho to play in midfield, Curtis Jones certainly would have had more limited opportunities, especially with the arrival of Thiago and, you know, how important Genie is to the way the team plays. So one of the benefits of all these injuries, I suppose, is Curtis Jones is taking this opportunity with both hands. Yeah. And he's and now he's worked himself into a position where he is this level at this age and he's only going to further himself. 
I think you're right there. I think, you know, his developments will have been certainly sped up, boosted along the way because of all the games that he's had to play because of that. Now, it's an interesting one. I wasn't going to talk about this on, on this show, but I do find it interesting. Obviously, Naby Keita comes back into the side, I think, 10 minutes ago, comes on um, for Kurt Jones himself, actually. Now, Naby Keita, much further on his career, take the injuries aside for a second. Mm. Naby Keita comes back and he's able to spell 10 games. Is Naby Keita ahead of Kurt Jones in the pecking order? That's a really good question. Yes. I uh, Yes. Um, and it's nothing against Kurt Jones. I just think that Naby, Naby Keita's a really, really good football player. And unfortunately, we've not seen that enough over the course of his whole Liverpool career. But, like, I, I am, like I've seen enough of it and I'm convinced that Jurgen Klopp has seen enough of it to, to know that if, yeah, if, and it's a big if, Naby Keita can string 10 games together... Like I'm still pretty convinced that he's one of the first names on the team sheet in mm. Klopp's head, um, because you know there was even that mo- just at the end. I think you said on commentary that oh you've missed it where he does that little step over in the field in his own half and he's he drags. I think he ends up losing the ball, but he gets the ball, does a step over, kind of goes past the man, and then you know he drives forward ten yards with the ball. Oh, God, we've we've missed that so much. It's just so and it's when, been so predictable and sideways. Yeah, as and, and when time. and when you're missing both Caterer and Oxlade Chamberlain both players of which who are notorious for doing that, that is their game. Um, and when both of those players are out, unfortunately they're two of the most injury-prone players in the squad, but when both those players are out for sustained periods, you, you're right, we do miss that. Um, and I think it's just flashes of brilliance with Naby Keita and I, like, I'm holding out all my hope. I don't know whether I've like over-romanticised Naby Keita in my head because of the way that we've been playing. Because when things are great, and it's a bit like this with Firmino's form, when things are great and when we're winning games and when we're winning trophies, things like that, things like this don't seem as much of a problem, Firmino's form, the, the absence of Oxlade-Chamberlain and Keita. But when things aren't going well and when we're losing games... You find yourself sort of yearning for those players a bit more. And I think right now, like over the last few weeks, that, you know, conversations with my dad and in the office have been like, I'm convinced that Cater's just that little thing that we need, that we're missing that little He can spark. link the midfield and the attack, I think, better than any of the other yeah, midfielders that we've right. got. Like, almost the first thing he did was play a three balls to Sadio Mane after mm. beating a man. And you're like, oh my God. What like directness, cut and thrust from the midfield, just like instantly knows where what's going on. He knows where Mane's gonna be and he plays that ball. And you mentioned the player there, Bobby Firmino. We can't go through tonight's show without talking about Bobby Firmino because I think on one hand I'm looking at it, Ben, I'm going, really creative display from Bobby. And on the other, I'm looking at it and going, really frustrating centre forward display by Bobby. Kind of sums up his season a bit, doesn't it? In a way. Um, uh, well, I'm not even sure if it does because obviously he's not been scoring. So he, yes, he gets the goal, or you know, he, he gets he essentially gets the goal, doesn't he? Um, I don't know if it goes down as an own goal in the end. But the first half was was difficult. You know, it, it, like there was a couple of chances. The the first the first one, the very first chance of the game. It, it's it's a good save, but you know. Does um, Cavani score that? Probably. Does Sergio Aguero score that? Almost definitely. So you know that's that's the um, that's the sort of gap. Who do you, you you said Cavani and Aguero there, and that, they play the same position, mm. but is it really a fair like for like? Well, n- n- well, probably not. But that's the whole debate around Firmino, isn't it? Well, let's talk about it as a guy who's who's a really creative player. Does Bruno Fernandez score that? 
does, um, doesn't he? Yeah, possibly. I think. Well, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne had one similar at Stamford Bridge a few weeks back that he put wide, but then City, you know, City went and ran right in that first half. So I'm trying to think of other players that maybe you know Madison. Were, Madison. Maybe. Madison's been scoring, hasn't he? I mean, Jamie Vardy definitely scores there. Uh, you know, and again, I know he's not the same player, but as as I've said, you know, that this is the wider debate on Roberto Firmino at the moment. Liverpool, unfortunately are crying out for that type of player who is going to put that away. Do you think that all this is compounded, Ben, by the fact that Mane's not in great form at the moment? Quite possibly, yeah. Um, you know, actually, when you look at Firmino and Mane's numbers side by side, Firmino's the one having a slightly better season, which I think... And I, and I do wonder why that is. I, I don't know whether or not Mane, for whatever reason, you know, has more credit in the bank. Uh, you know, I, I'm not quite sure. Because he scores goals most of the yeah, time. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe. Because you know he can. Yeah, probably. Um, but there comes a t- Firmino. Ha- Firmino, I feel like got. A- I don't. I-, I hate using the phrase "got away with it," but like that's essentially what it is. Like it wasn't talked about as much with Firmino last season. Um, again, probably because we were doing so well and you know winning so many games and all that. But like my point is, I do wonder whether there's a point where the scales will tip with Mane as well. You know, right now, where- where's the line? Where's the line between he's out of form and this is a real concern? Because I feel like we've I feel like we've crossed that line with Firmino now. I feel like you know it, it's probably the best part of eighteen months since for Roberto Firmino's been himself, and I don't think I'm exaggerating there. I don't think he was great for long periods of last season, and it went under the radar. And he's certainly not been great this season either. So I feel like as a fan base now, and as people who discuss the team as fans, we've the scales have tipped and, and we're having genuine conversations now about whether Firmino has passed his peak. What else can we do in, can we be doing to get more out of Firmino? You know, can, should we be looking at replacing Firmino? All those conversations are taking place. Sadio Mane is sort of in an earlier stage of that. With Sadio Mane, we're still having the conversation of, well, he's out of form. We know he can score goals. He'll get back to his best. It's really interesting. But it's been a good while. It's yeah, been it's a good while now with Mane as well. Um, and, it, and it's just it's just habitual things. It's you know it's it's a, it's almost like a process that every player goes through. Eventually, you have to make that decision. Eventually, but it's kind of happening with Sergio Aguero and Man City at the moment. Sergio Aguero has been a phenomenal player for Manchester City, but he's now thirty three years old. So, at what point do you call a long spell out of form just? That's it. You yeah, know what I mean? Maybe, maybe. Well, l- listen, like we've got to discuss the good points from Bobby as well, because mm. the way he obviously gets the goals tonight, Ben. But there was some really great creative play in there. Certainly first half, it's a lovely little ball over the top for Mo Salah, releases him into a one-on-one situation. There was times when he looked like a cracking little number 10. Yeah, um, and, you know, I don't want to... I, obviously, if uh, if you people want to go and check out a little bit of that, I, I did talk about that in the stats and tactics last week. What because for B, Roberto Firmino's twenty nine, so he's not dumb, right? You, 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 I, I'm not buying into the notion that we should sell him. But what, I, what what my opinion is is that we should play to his strengths. We should be looking now to play to his strengths. And what I think his strengths are are the passing, you know, the creative passing. Um, and I think I think there's a stigma that he, he gives away the ball a lot. I, I don't think he does. I think I think he looks after the ball quite well. Uh, you know, I, I think he could be better. So what can you do with Firmino and in terms of? Get you know getting the best out of him. So for me, you can either play him in a four-two-three-one or a number ten, which I think would suit him very, very well with somebody ahead of him. Whether that becomes Salah when Jota comes back, possibly, and that's how you fit all four in there. I think he did that away at Man City, didn't he? Mm. He had all four on the pitch. 
Um, so that's a possibility. Um, but I discussed the possibility of, you know, one day maybe just playing him in the midfield three, saying, oh, no, that works, you know. But then we've already thought about the emergence of Curtis Jones. So suddenly then... And Naby Keita's maybe Kater, ahead of him. Kater, and ahead of him. So, but... In a way, I suppose, then it's good to have options in that sense. Suddenly, we've gone from no creative midfielders to potentially three. Um, you know, and and you you've got a few of them there. You can you can mix and match. Liverpool's midfield for a long, long time has been a very industrial midfield, mm. been a very hard working closing down. But you don't get a lot of creative output. It would be nice to have more consistent availability in terms of creativeness in midfield. And the one thing that we know Firmino is very, very, very good at is being available for games. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, that's true. James Lim, super chat. Thank you so much. James, £10. Wow. Uh, Jones class, adding solid and commanding at corners. His experience was vital. Brill performance. Something to build on. Philip's proven why he's good enough at the minute. You'll never walk alone. Come on, you Reds. Let's go. <laughs> um, let's talk about the, the two centre-halves that he mentions. Phillips then. Uh, does James. And What did you make of Kabak and Phillips today? Um, I, I mean, I, it was good. I, you know, I, I I like that Phillips. I've, I've said before. Um, you know, and obviously I know now we've kind of. It's funny that it's taken literally everybody else to be injured for him to seem to be you know getting a proper start. You know, throwing in there properly because I think if either Henderson or Fabinho was fit today, I think they would have played ahead of him. Um, so for me. He's one of the great enigmas in this Liverpool side because every time I see Nat Phillips, I think he's great. And then Klopp always seems to prefer other players over him. So I, I can never figure that out why, but obviously Klopp sees a lot more of him than I do. So, you know, that that's just the way that is. But I thought today they were, they were good. I think it's difficult with a team like Sheffield United because they're just not very good, are they? They're a championship-level side, which is exactly... Like where they're headed, where well, it's where <laughs> also where Phillips maybe should be exactly, and I think that's what a lot of people would argue. So you know, in a game like this, they played to his strengths tonight. Yeah, absolutely, because he's a no-nonsense defender, and that's how Sheffield United. That's how to defend against Sheffield United. They're not playing little ticky-tacka one-twos around the edge of the box. They're you know playing long balls into the box from set pieces. We kept giving away set pieces in the first half and I'm like, you know, I think Adrian made a really good save early on from a Goldrick. I think it was offside. But like we kept doing that. We kept giving away free kick in those areas that were gonna that were gonna play to their strengths. But then, you know, Nat Phillips with, you know, with his massive now shaved head 
um, was available to, to you know to sort of dominate that. And I'm not saying that he you know he, he dominates the back line and dominates the air as well as Virgil Van Dijk does, but that's certainly one of his strengths. You know, yeah, to be able to to get up and head balls away and, and lives for it. Him, yeah. He absolutely lives um, for it. I thought the two of them did really well tonight. And you know, I, I mean, I, I was having a go on the on on comms about you know Kabak for that one where he puts it into the back of the net. I think Adrian should have just taken control of that situation mm. and come out. But regardless, let's take it from this point of view. They set a really good line and the lad was offside. And if that's Joe, if that's yeah. Yeah, Gomez yeah. and Van Dijk, yeah. that's brilliant. That's a great line. And not only that, Ross, Ross made a great point during commentary. And it was basically... Five minutes later, they did exactly the same. It would have been so easy for them to go within themselves after that little misunderstanding. Yeah. I know we don't concede for them to just drop a few yards, but they did exactly the same, pulled a perfect line again. And there's a few times throughout where I thought that you can see that they've worked on that in training because neither of them are the fastest. So what they have got is that they can control that line. They don't need to use that pace. Well, I suppose the benefit is that we've had a week off. So we got the, we got the Henderson news quite early on in the week. So they'll have all known on Monday morning that the partnership for Sunday is going to be Quebec and Phillips, right? So let's get fucking training with it, right? Let's get let's get training high lines. Let's get um, you know let's get training set pieces and defending set pieces. Let's get tra- let's get um, training defending corners and overall let's get them playing in you know little matches so that they can start building a relationship mm-hmm. because you know I don't know how far Fabinho is away. Apparently Klopp said tonight that he's not too far away, but yeah. I want to get to a point where we don't have to put Fabinho there. I want them to develop a relationship so that we can then put Fabinho back in midfield and we can feel comfortable with that, you know, almost to the point where, like, Fabinho playing ahead of them, playing in that deeper role and protecting those two would be better than having Fabinho at centre-back. 100% agree with that, mate. And uh, listen, just just while you mentioned it, Klopp said... um, Klopp on Jota and Fabinho. Diogo was with us in the hotel, but he got sick overnight. I would think he would be ready for Thursday. Fabinho has trained twice. So it sounds like Jota and Fabinho both could be ready to face Chelsea. We've also since heard that Alisson will be back in the in the, in the side on Thursday against yeah. Chelsea. And then it's, then it's your question that you're talking about. Do you play Kabak and Phillips and do you play Fabinho in the six or do you play Fabinho in the defence? Now, I think personally that he'll go with Fabinho in the defence. Against Chelsea, I think he will. Well, um, because if it's probably Werner or Abraham, yeah, it's the pace. I think, and I know Fabinho isn't necessarily the quickest either, but just his extra experience. Um, you know, they always say that the first two or three yards of pace is reading the game, mm. and I think that extra, as I say, just that extra experience will will help Fabinho and help us there. I think in particular, the big um, question there though is, you throw Fabinho and it's another new centre back partnership. Unless you're playing with Phillips, as you, as you know. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. I w- in my head, Kabak's still yeah. probably the number one there. Probably, but it, no, uh, I'd but not it considered might... it. I'd not considered the Phillips yeah. and, and Fabinho thing. That could be an option yeah. for yeah. us. Yeah, I was just going to say, surely out of one of the eighteen centre back partnerships, Fabinho has played with Fabinho. Fabinho has been with has. Phillips. He once. definitely has. <laughs> uh, Reese Owens with the one ninety nine super chat. Thank you, Reese. He says Phillips with a skinhead is basically Pajak at the back. I wish I could grow a magnificent beard like that, mate. Uh, John Francis, five Canadian dollars. Genie equals boss. Let's pick up on that actually. Genie Wijnaldum tonight he showed what he can do in that DM role didn't he Like, and yet for me Ben and I mentioned this on one of the shows and that's why I want your opinion he joined the attack really well as well yeah I noticed that particularly in the first half actually there was a couple of moments where you know obviously we the game was being played you know sort of on the cusp of 
our our final third you know for, for for a lot of it that's where a lot of where that's where a lot of the possession was and he took a lot he took up a lot of positions in those areas to kind of start attacks play balls wide to the full backs um and then you know he wouldn't necessarily stop there you know often he'd sort of go, he had that one where he, that he, he extra 10 yards so so uh, I've, I've forgotten about I, I can't remember that one to be honest but um it was like the it was it was brilliant. Yeah. He drives through little shoulder drop and straight through, and Ramsdale makes a brilliant save from. Gene. Obviously, you did. Um, so yeah, so so <laughs> so yeah, but so so it's promising. Look, you know, we've had the conversation about Genie loads of times, haven't we? This is what he can he can do it. This is what he's he's required to do for Holland. Um, you know, and he gets those little things. But for, to be he's honest, he's not required to play the six as well. No, yeah, he's not. He's not required he to do it all. Um, to be honest, I mean, I, I think. With a player like Wijnaldum, I won't lie, like tonight, because we're doing so much back there, um, I didn't notice him as much. But also, that I think that's a good thing when I, when I don't notice Gino Wijnaldum. When Gino Wijnaldum's on the pitch and he gets about his business and he, you know, he, he plays the game that he plays... I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that you don't notice Genie Well, personally, personally for me, because I, I end up noticing him if he's giving the ball away a lot, or you know, if he's you know if he's not really getting involved, you know, at all or whatever. But tonight, I felt like I felt quite neutral about Genie Wijnaldum. I just felt like he, he came and he had a good game, um, and and that's a good that's a good thing because mm-hmm. ultimately, I wasn't sat there going. Oh, you know, Genie's having one of them where he's completely invisible. He wasn't invisible, but he wasn't like particularly. I, I didn't notice anything particularly world beating either, but that's that's fine. Okay, personally. Um, and then I think the other one is. I mean, a first half I noticed Salah a lot. Second half tail off a little bit. Mm. Is that fair? Do you think this is down to games or tiredness? Um, I, what, what do you think it's I, down to? Or did they change I things know. up? Um, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I'd have to watch it again. Um, but yeah, you're right. He was definitely more noticeable. He had the chance in the first half. Maybe it's just when you know. Obviously, when we get when we go the the first goal up, when we go to in the grand scheme of things, I'll be two 0 up at 25 minutes to go. So like from there, the game's done. We're controlling the game. The, naturally, the front three aren't quite as involved. You know, it's more the midfielders. It's more Atwell's dominating the ball with the fullbacks and into midfield. Um, so you know, Salah disappears. And I think you know, as you say, when we're pressing for that goal in the first half, Salah's obviously you know trying to make things happen. He's trying to make runs. He's getting on the ball, trying to do things. When we get that goal so early on in the second half, the game does change. And then you know, ultimately, then Salah is less noticeable mm-hmm. because. It's not the the, the urgencies. You know, we can kind of all relax a little bit. I, I personally, I mean, it would it was nice to get the second goal, but I think we'd have just won that one nil tonight. I don't, I don't I don't think Sheffield United. When we when we were going when we were going live, one of the things that you wanted to talk about was that like how solid we looked when we had the lead. Yeah. Like yeah, that, that was nice, wasn't it? And we didn't really like I was sort of switched off to it almost. At yeah, so did I. I was like, this is done now. Like we got to two nil. We made the changes that mm-hmm. we wanted to make. Brought Milner on. We bring Naby Keita on. And that was a real, I don't know whether it It was just, I don't know whether it's just having a two-goal lead, to be honest with you, might make me feel like that, but this has got to be a good foundation for us now. We've had a lot of false dawns this season, but can we kick on from here, Ben? Yeah, I'd like to think so. It's about consistency in the team. I don't, I don't feel like we're going to get consistency in results until we get consistency in the 11 that we can play it's a great line um, it's almost like I've been bashing that into everybody's heads for about well, six yeah, weeks well um, yeah and, and I think it's just the sense of you know, it's not the ideal centre partnership we would have chosen at the beginning of the season. But if we can go on a run of ten games now, where 
even if Fabinho's fit, as we've just discussed, let's just play those two and just see what happens. It might be that we concede a few more goals than we would do with Van Dijk and Gomez. It might mean that we concede a few sloppier goals than normal. Um, you know, because I don't, I don't think Kabak and Phillips. You know, and they might prove me wrong, but I don't, I don't think they're going to be imperious week in week out. Mm. Let's put it that way. But I do think we'll benefit more in the long run for having them to building a partnership. Now, saying that, we'll get team news on Thursday evening, and Nat Phillips will be out because he stubbed his toe or something. You know what I mean? Nah, he wouldn't <laughs> have a stubbed toe, mate. Well, I go out put, with concussion from heading seven hundred yeah, balls away in training, seven hundred bricks. Yeah, that's what he trains with, um, like, like scale. Yeah, used to but, eat nails but, for but, breakfast. Yeah, but my point is, if we can get consistency in that back four. Then you know I think that's we'll start, your foundation. Yeah, that's that's your foundation, not just the result. They have to go hand in hand. Absolutely. So there you go. That has been the instant match reaction after Liverpool beat Sheffield United in an actual game of football by two goals to none. We got a clean sheet and two goals in an actual game of football. Thank you so much for everybody who's joined us tonight. Whether it be liking the videos, watching the videos, commenting on super chat, and joining us a member, you're all massive legends, and we love each and every one of you. But not as much as we love Liverpool Football Club. The best team in the fucking world thank you very much for watching we'll be back very soon Tara. thank you so much for watching the Redmen TV YouTube channel everything we do here is funded by our wonderful subscribers to the redmentv.com get over there sign up and get amazing additional content interviews documentaries mini series and of course additional pre and post match day content Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.